I wouldn't mind. I even said it this week, and I did it 30 seconds later. I am the king of Unmuting, of course. Welcome to Final Whistles Rugby Show here uh, every Wednesday evening at 8 p.m. Myself, Brefnierity, and of course, Kieran Noble. Uh, Kieran, you're very welcome. Another week, another fantastic weekend of rugby. Yeah, absolutely. I really enjoyed some of the games that happened in the AIL this weekend. I didn't get to go to one, but I always watch the videos and read whatever reports I can get. But it was another exciting weekend and things are starting to really heat up now in the second half of the season. Yes, some excitement across all five divisions. Of course, the ladies into pros, the women's into pros as well. They're getting down to decision time. Munster took a big step towards gathering that title um, at the weekend with a big win over Leinster. A uh, bit of a surprise proposal after the pitch as well. We'll be talking to Jeremy Carney later in the programme about all of that uh, down in, in Musgrave Park over the weekend. We'll also be looking at the Connacht and Munster Schools Cups that, that are ongoing as we speak across the two provinces at the moment, of course, Leinster and Ulster, not quite at the business end just yet. They all kick off in about two weeks' time. We'll bring you those details as well. But I suppose today's, um, if maybe you want to introduce today's guest, and I suppose why we're looking at Division 1B of the of the league, it's really, really tight. We've been talking about it for weeks. Uh, who's going to be joining us on today's show, Kieran? Well, towards the end of last season, there was a team that was kind of really impressing me, and I tipped them actually as dark horses for the league at the very start, City of Armagh. And today we're very lucky to have their head coach, Chris Parker, on with us. Chris, you're very, very welcome. Thanks very much for having me. Delighted to be on. No, it's our pleasure to have you. And I suppose we've been talking about your team uh, over the last number of weeks. Um, I think it's six wins on the bounce since the defeat to uh, St. Mary's College back in, in game week four. And now here we are, joint top of the table uh, with Buccaneers. But it's 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 been a really really good season for yourselves uh, up there in Armagh. Yeah, yeah, we're we're delighted with the season so far. Um, we, um, I guess, we six wins in the bounce is a big thing for us. We've um, I would always describe us as consistently inconsistent, um, and we started the season that way, you know, um, and then I guess we just sort of have got a wee bit of a run going and a wee bit of consistency in us. And um, yeah, we're, we're delighted 10 games in to be in the position that we're in. And you talk about that inconsistency, but what do you think has been different this year that has made you get that bit of consistency and get you the wins under your belt and the six wins in a row? Um, I think the group, the group's quite young and they've now sort of over the last couple of years matured now into sort of mid, mid-20s. Um, and whilst there's sort of another younger group coming through behind them, um, I think there's just a bit more maturity around having played at that level and a wee bit more belief that they can kick on and, and maybe push themselves a wee bit further. We've been massively helped for the first time with having contracted Ulster players come in. Um, and certainly the, the three guys, Shay O'Brien, we really count as one of our own still, but the three guys, Michael McDonald, Frank Bradshaw Ryan and James McCormick have, have really added to us from a quality perspective and they've driven performances in training from our club players to try and make themselves better as well. So I, I think that's improved the quality within the group, but I think there's just a real a real bit more belief in, in their own abilities now and I think it's starting to hopefully shine through a wee bit. Talk to us a bit about, I suppose, in recent times within the club, how, how it's grown over the last few years and, and how you've got to this position where you're challenging for promotion to the top division in, in Ireland. Yeah, so I was lucky enough to come in just after they'd won promotion to 2A. Um, 
and then we sort of went back to back. We we got out of two A within a season into one B. Um, but you know the club's only been in senior rugby for the like sort of the last twelve years, and um, uh, you know we we still have two guys in our senior squad who played first fifteen when the club was junior. Um, so it's great. It's a great journey for guys like that, and um, you know we we are. We're very supported by volunteers off the pitch um, within the club, and it's you know they've great plans of where they want to be with the club and developing the club off the pitch. Um, we're fantastically lucky to have such a large mini section, which then just helps to bring guys through into youth rugby, or they maybe go to local schools and then come back to the club. You know, we have a good catchment area there, so um, I guess it's it's just a very much a like there's so many of them around the, around the country, just good country community clubs supported um, really well by the local area. Um, and, and sort of we've certainly in the last six years, we have been on that wee bit of an upward curve and it's been great. And I suppose we had Instonians on last week and they're kind of similar to City of Armagh in that way. They've come up from junior rugby only last season and now they're flying in 2C. But I guess from your point of view, in that six years you've been there, is this kind of your best season so far in terms of being in 1B or would the promotion from 2A to 1B been better? I'll tell you at the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> um, from a, I suppose, a performance point of view, um, yeah, you know, it, it has been, you know, and the, the, the way we're trying to play and stuff is probably the best quality of rugby we've had that year in 2A. Um was so up and down. We only just about scraped into the playoffs and then, you know, sort of went away to Highfield, somehow won away to Highfield and then won, had a home final against Nina. Um, but no, I think this year has been very enjoyable now. Um, there's been really good numbers training every Tuesday and Thursday night and that makes life so much easier for myself and the management team, you know. Yeah, in terms of when we compare last year's table to this year's table, uh, we're only 10 games into the 18 to be played and already you're just winning a single point of last year's tally. Like, So you, you've matched last year's performance in the opening 10 games. How far can this team go? Like, Is is promotion a realistic proposition at the end of 18 games? Or playoffs, perhaps? Uh, the group want to be in the mix, certainly. You know, it's... Um... It's something that, that they've openly said that they would like to try and get into that top four and have a crack at the playoffs. And um, as I said, there's some guys who've been here on for sort of the whole ride from junior rugby and they had to win a playoff to get into 2A and they won the playoff to get from 2A to um, 1B. So there's a belief there within the group that, you know, well, you just have to get top four and then it's two cup finals um, and everything else that's happened in the season has gone out the window. So... Um, there's certainly a determination to, to try and get to that playoffs and see where we end up. I always say about 1B that I think it's the most competitive of the five divisions in the AIL. There's a lot of twists and turns and a lot can happen. So even though you've had a relatively good eight wins out of 10, I think it is in the season so far, that game against Nace on Saturday, it's it's huge because I was saying to you before, I reckon Nace could have a massive second half to the season, similar to the one they had last season where they just scraped into the playoffs and then they ended up getting all the way to the final. So how important is it that you keep this run going and you don't let it slip? Yeah, yeah, I um, I totally agree with you with that sort of run-in. Uh, we played Nace last year and then they went on their run. Um, and they have the quality and ability to do that again. You know, we 
we have a hell of a task to go to four knots on Saturday and get something from the game. And I know people probably just look at league positions, but if you'd actually, if people have seen some of Nace's performances and stuff, like and how close they have pushed Bucks, obviously last week, and how they beat Bucks before Christmas, like they're a quality outfit. Um, but I think sort of our mini run there of six games and what Nace did last year. If you can, in 1B, if you can string a run of games together, you're going to pull yourself up the league pretty quickly. Um, but at the same time, if you go on a losing run of three or four games, you're you're dropping off pretty quickly. You know, like I think Mary's last week went from third to sixth. Um, it, it's just, it's extremely tight. And I think all all the sides are probably just thinking if we can just get a wee bit of a run going, you, you never know where you end up. Um so it's it, it's a great league, you know, like a great league for probably the neutrals who are trying to see who's going to beat who this week, you know, um, because I think everyone probably on their day just thinks, yeah, you know, if we're in a good place going into Saturday, we'd back ourselves to beat each other, you know. So, um, yeah, great league. You talk about that kind of getting a, a good run together. You're in the middle of that at the moment, or hopefully in the middle of it from your point of view, not quite at the end just yet. Uh, six wins on the bounce, but the opening four games, uh, you talked about that inconsistency. It was win one, lose one, win one, lose one. What's the difference between those four games at the start of the season and, say, the, the last six where you've managed to get that kind of week in, week out, just grind out those results? I, th- I think probably it was still just betting a few things in and just familiarizing ourselves with how we want to play we sort of came into the year wanting to make a few changes and i think whilst a lot of the teams in this league are probably quite familiar with each other you know certainly away to ucc was a bit of a different venue for the boys and things and um any college team on a hard track at the starter end of the year is not exactly the easiest thing um so we were in that and had opportunities and tailed off in the second half. And then the same happened with Mary's where we, we were in it at half time and turned around and had the hill and had a gale at our backs and managed to throw it away. So um, I think there's sort of like we were producing performances for 40 minutes of a game and we just couldn't really string it together for um, 50, 60. And then, it sort of clicked and I think once it clicked then just that bit more belief came with the lads and um, you know we've, we've been able to go on this bit of a run now I feel like the Palace Grounds is such a fortress for you guys I think I'm right in saying you're unbeaten now this season and how how important has that home advantage been and even if you can stay where you are and you end up in the top two you get home advantage in a semi-final I know you might not want to talk about that now but it could prove massive later on in the season I think, yeah, like in previous years, it hasn't been as much of a fortress. And this year, just we've started well and we've got a fairly vociferous crowd, is maybe one way of putting it, um, that get behind the lads. And it's like any team, you just feel comfortable being at home and you enjoy being on your home pitch. And if you can keep winning and just keep momentum going, you know, there's that belief there that when you turn up and you're in your home change room on a Saturday, that, you know, you you back yourself to be able to go and deliver. Of course, uh, attention kind of changed into that chase for the top of the table as we go later and later into the spring and you're up against Buccaneers, who, of course, uh, were a first-time, uh, well, not a first-time coach, but a new coach, uh, well, new for this season, let's just say. He wasn't there last year. I don't think there's anything particularly new about him, but, but putting yourself up against Eddie O'Sullivan is, 
in that kind of chess match for the next eight weeks of maybe do I give lads a rest here? Or do we give a, do we go hell for leather and just try and win every get every point that's out there? Like, is there a strategy to this, or is it just a case of um, of, of just seeing how the chips fall, or, or have you got a kind of a, a game plan against someone with Eddie's experience of this kind of uh, closing games out, closing tournaments out in, in over years and years and decades within the sport? Uh, Buccaneers are well down the road without me giving you a boring answer or a soundbite or anything. Um, look, it's not a case we'll rest players if they're injured, but it's not a case of targeting games or anything here. It's You've got to try and pick up wins when you can in this league because, as we sort of said earlier, if you could very easily get into a losing streak pretty quickly, you know. Um, so it's trying to keep the momentum going, keep everything rolling, um, and trying to go to Nace and pick up some points on Saturday again and just wherever we'll finish, we'll finish, you know, and if it comes down to a shootout at the end of the season against Buccaneers, fantastic. Um, um, but there's a lot of other teams and, you know, we've only three home games left out of our last eight. Um, so we've five fairly tricky away games. So it's a fairly difficult run in on the flip side of it as well. And you have your fair share of class players. I was saying to you before that, I did the co-commentary with Justin Middleton for the old Belvedere game last season and Dylan Nelson was electric that day. He was scoring tries for fun. Like, you have some really good players in your squad and that's really important come kind of towards the end. Yeah, um, a few guys with X Factor. You know, Dylan's certainly a guy who's got a lot of X Factor about him um, and he's unfortunately out at the minute with, with a groin injury, but he'll hopefully be back in a couple of weeks' time and certainly on the hard surfaces towards the end of the season, that's when he, he sort of enjoys his rugby the most, you know, and we have a lot of good lads from our my area, you know, they've either majority of them have either come through the club youth system or they've come through the local school. Um, so they're all fairly familiar with each other, but um, most of them have probably been in underage provincial sides and just sort of not made the next step to sort of sub academy and things. Um, so yeah, no, there's, there's a lot of quality players there. There's a lot of room for them to get better still, you know, as well, but, um, we're, we're lucky with the way our youth system's very strong and feeds into us, um, but also that the local school's able to feed into us with players as well. If you were a betting man, would you uh, back yourselves to, to bring home a little bit of silverware, maybe a, a league title at the end of the season? Is that something that you think is realistic or too early to call? It's too early to call with eight games to go. You know, if we're in the mix going into the final three, well, then it's maybe something we'll consider, you know, we're aware of where we are at this time, um, but we were three seasons ago, maybe. We were at Christmas after nine games, first in the league, and we finished eighth. We had an awful second half of the season. So a lot of the guys are still there. And actually, last Saturday, the boys brought it up in the changing rooms and sort of said, like, we've been here before, lads, and we've tailed off pretty quickly before. So um, there is hopefully some learnings from that, but also a realisation that, especially in 1B, you can slide down the league as quick as you can climb it. You know, there there isn't really a gap opened up yet um, between anyone, and it's not like anyone's dead and buried in relegation battle or anything just yet. So um, it's, it's certainly, <laughs> it'll be a long run in over the next eight matches. I do think somebody is going to go on a, on a charge in this second half of the season because it always happens, especially in 1B. And who do you think that might be? 
that might surprise a few people. Do you think it's going to be an old Belvedere? I know they're doing well at the moment. Can St. Mary's pick it up again? Can UCC find a bit of form? Who do you think it's going to be? It wouldn't surprise me if it was Nice, to be honest. Like I think they've they've got a few key guys back from injury. Um, and whenever Craig Ronaldson plays, he, he transforms how the team are able to play, you know, and if they can keep him fit and keep the guys fit who they've got back from injury, some of the, some of the guys in their back row and things, it really wouldn't surprise me to see them go on a big run. Um, now, I know they're, they're maybe lower down the table than some of those other sides, but um, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see them. And you possibly could argue that Highfield are maybe just at the start of their run. You know, the fact that they were able to go back to back against Mary's there was two huge results for them that then saw them leapfrog, you know, up after, you know, they maybe had a, a difficult-ish start to the season. They didn't get a bit of a run going and, you know, it's always an, a really hard place to go. Highfield, we have to go there at the end of February, and they just they have a way of winning and grinding things out. And you know, those are probably the two teams that I would expect to start to string a few things together and really rattle up the league. Interesting times ahead in Division One B. Well, Chris, thanks for joining us. That's pretty much all we have time for uh, on tonight's show to have a chat with you. But uh, best of luck at the weekend against Nice, and uh, hopefully it it all comes good for you and your lads uh, before. Uh, the tail end of the season in terms of that title challenge so we hope it's coming for you best of luck super thank you for having me all the best chris parker there um interesting Uh, they're really really doing really really well at the moment here we might just stay in in one b for the moment we'll go through the the results and fixtures before we go on to the women's interpros but i think uh, we mentioned buccaneers there a little bit and i think it's um we had shane laden from buccaneers on the show um very recently, just before Christmas, and just our, our condolences to himself and to his family on, on the passing of his dad uh, in the last couple of days. It's a uh, it's a reminder to me that sometimes uh, life and family is 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 up there as well. And, and we know we talked about his dad. Uh, we met at a preseason game back in the Connacht Senior Cup down in Buccaneers, and we had a chat with him. And uh, very very sad to see that news uh, today and, and last night. So um, just our condolences to the, all the Buccaneers. Uh, crew but especially to the Layden family and Shane and, and his uh, brother and sister uh, Connor and Sarah as well the neighbours of mine here so um, it's nice to kind of just remember them and remember family it's what we're all here for uh, but we'll take a look at the Division 2 uh, results we did uh, flash them up the Division 1B I should say results um, uh, across the bottom of the table there yourself anything interesting in, in that in terms of the, the teams or, or what you thought of the games of the weekend a big win well, actually the results kind of went how I would have imagined them to, to be honest. The only one that was maybe a little bit surprising was Highfield uh, beating Mary's, but I thought Highfield would actually do it. So the results were kind of the way I thought they'd be. I actually agree with Chris very much on the Nace. Uh, I think Nace will be the team to make a charge just like they did last season because I think they have some fantastic players. Um, Oscar Cawley is a brilliant little scrum half and he was... To just today announcing the Ireland under-20s team, so they have plenty of talent there. Andrew Osborne has been really good for them as well this season, but that top six are kind of, there's a little gap between the top six and the rest. If you can see there, you, you've got Mary's on 28, and then you've got Nice on 19, so it's really becoming, you know, a six-team six lead, but if, or race, but if Nice can kind of close the gap, who knows? Uh, UCC, I, I don't know what's going on. I think that's uh, six on the bounce now they've lost um it's crazy considering where they were at the very start 
But Buccaneers yeah, and City yeah. on my mark. Sorry, just to interrupt you, but for me, I think I always look at points difference uh, when it comes to tables. And after halfway in the season, the table doesn't really lie and kind of points difference backs that up across the, the 10 games that played. Yeah, for sure. I think nobody can deny that uh, Buccaneers and City of Armagh have been the two kind of informed teams this season and they deserve to be where they are. Uh, they've only had two defeats each. Um, you know, there's no denying that. Um, so it's just all about, as Chris said, keeping that momentum and not letting it slip because in one B, he's right. You can either go one way or the other. You can be winning all the time or you can be losing all the time like we see with UCC at the moment. So it's very important just to keep level head and, you know, as he said, once you get to that top four, you have to kind of treat it as a new competition and you start again. But for the moment, they're just focusing on taking every game as it comes and looking for the wins where they can. Absolutely. Well, uh, 2B, of course, or 1B, keep saying 2B, uh, 1B, all the fixtures uh, and results uh, and league tables and all that information available on our website at finalwhistle.ie. We're going to take a little bit of a detour now. We're going to bring in uh, our reporter, Jermaine Carney. And Jermaine, uh, you were uh, covering both the women's and the provincials at the weekend and also the Monster Senior uh, Schools Cup last weekend. We might start with the ladies and... Um, I suppose the, the proposal took a lot of the attention away at the end of the game, but um, a great game, a great advertisement for the, the game of women's rugby in the in the four provinces and uh, Munster and Leinster. Really, I suppose, most people's expectation of, of the title decider. Uh, give us your thoughts on the game. Uh, yeah, I, I suppose I do agree with you there when, when going into the game. I, I previewed that this game was going to be probably the title decider in, in fairness between um, between all of the four provinces. With the way that things have gone throughout the last couple of years, it's either Munster or Leinster that do bring home the silverware. It hasn't really changed, um, t- to be honest. But, uh, you know, it was it was fantastic. Um, it was a fantastic game. Definitely hard-hitting and bruising. Typically what you'd you'd expect from a, a Munster versus Leinster encounter. Uh, I know the, the girls are definitely friends off the field, but the minute the, the minute the ball was kicked off and the, the whistle went, it was uh, it was the friendships were forgotten about and it was it was hard hit and it was it was frantic and the the monster atmosphere the crowd was was phenomenal as well and it was definitely a great um great advertisement there was a lot of uh, a lot of young clubs that were there bringing people to watch the games and you know it's 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 great that we can have the games on tv or that people can go to these games and have those type of uh those type of encounters that are they're enthralling and you know it was a game that i didn't expect monster to build up a league like they did at the early stages of it and then Leinster came back and then that the frantic final 10 minutes was just was hard it was, was heart stopping for the Munster faithful that were around me where the press area is in Musgrave Park you're in the, the main stand and it was it was getting quite loud and people were on the edge of their seats for turnovers and for you know every pass was forward or every pass there was an offside infringement trying to get the referee to give something to each team but no absolutely cracking game of rugby to watch do you think it's fair to say that it was the Munster back row that made the difference? Maeve O'Gallery and Dorothy Wall, I thought, were exceptional for Munster in both games. But I think that was kind of what made the difference in the game. You know, the physicality of the Munster players just kind of edged Leinster at the end. Yeah, no, the, the physicality of that, that Munster that Munster back row is is amazing to watch. Like the way that uh that Maeve O'G, uh, Dorothy or Dervila can just turn into absolute behemoths in, in in that area to just to break clear of the tackle like they don't look like that big physical 
I suppose that we we see like we say more, more like a a front row type of a player, but when they get going, like they're just they're wrecking balls in there. But the way that the way that Munster can transition from defense into attack is is outstanding. I suppose when they were you know they were they were pinned back relatively early, and then Dervla gets over, and we had a couple of instances where like the likes of Dervla or Mayvog just can just take off down the wing as if nothing is nothing is is deterring them. Um, and obviously, those final ten minutes when Maeve went off with the with the yellow card, it was it was definitely more nerve wracking at the fact that they were missing one of those key links at the back. Um, their back row were definitely outstanding in the opening win against against Ulster. Um, but no, I would agree with you there that those three players definitely are standout performers for for Munster. And it was, they were they were definitely key again. Um, the likes of, of Dorothy's tackling, I spoke with her after the game and. And it's just that's just bred into the Munster way of life. That that's just how they play. The, the the back rows. The if we look at Munster teams throughout the years, they have those physical players that come in, and that's just I suppose part of the business. To be honest, stand up and fight, as they say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you did catch up with a few of the participants after the game. Uh, do you want to intro these pieces? Yeah. So first of all, we were chatting with uh, Mike Story. Mike is the uh, assistant coach with with Nevis. Um, at Munster and we're just having just a general chat with him of course after the game just suppose his thoughts on uh how the performance went any injuries looking ahead obviously now to Connacht on Saturday that's obviously going to be a huge game if they can wrap they can wrap it up with three wins from three they have the title one but of course Leinster do kick off at half five so we'll have to see what way that works out and then um obviously the, the big question on everyone's uh on everyone's minds there was who was in the know on the proposal and uh I suppose he does tell us all and a few other things so yeah so uh, we've been uh Take a listen to what Mike had to say, I suppose. It's, it's hard, to, I suppose it's hard to put in words. It was, look, we were playing against a very good Leinster team, very motivated. So obviously both teams were, were well up for it. Um, I think we took a little while to settle. Like they got the early try and we kind of had to, I suppose, get our way back in the game. I was kind of happy that we, we got a couple of scores in the in the first half. And then I felt like the second half, to be honest, I think they probably were had the ascendancy for the last quarter last kind of 10 at least 10 or 15 minutes which put us under pressure but fair play to the girls for their defense to hold out there um yeah so look we're happy we'll take the win we've got obviously got connect next week so um we've got to kind of get our keep working away for the week and see how we get on then um we'll obviously try and play with that bit of physicality but like training wise there's a lot of tired bodies after two the two intense games in a, in a row so um i'd say we'll we'll kind of wind it back a small bit this week just to allow people to recover and we'll, we'll see how everyone's fixed come monday training and we'll go on from there um not really i think we we were lucky in that respect that there was a few people just got knocks that came off but i don't think they're too serious so again we'll just we'll find out over the next couple of days where they're at and we'll, we'll go from there and i suppose the biggest part of the news the engagement at the end was that a surprise for a moment thing or were you all on in on it i knew nothing about it i know um i know breezy kind of i suppose knew about it and it was kind of kept quiet between a few people from what i can gather and they they just went through there but it's delighted delighted for the two girls they're they're lovely i've known both of them for a long time and um you know they're they're just just so happy for them yeah pass on our congratulations anyway (laughs) things i suppose can change in in the blink of an eye obviously when the yellow card happens at such a late stage you were going bringing on two subs did it change 
the impact of the game where you going okay we're going to bring on someone else change the dynamic what was going through what would have been going through your mind at that stage when a player like Maybogues goes off and you're you're down to 14 at such a pivotal moment of the game yeah we we actually had a discussion in 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 the, the back of the stand there about it we were like do we go ahead with the subs and to be honest, the, in the forwards-wise, the idea of bringing Kara on was to bring that energy. And May Vogue, in fairness, had played with a lot of energy through the game, so it was like, actually, you know what? We will make that change because we still need that energy there. So we were kind of... It, it made us, I suppose, review our decision, but it didn't change the decision, if that makes sense. And obviously, two wins from two title is looking looking like it, it is there. Would that be in your minds now going into Connacht or will you just be just, just take it as it comes because anything can happen yeah. in the sport? <clears throat> I know it's a bit of a cliche but it's kind of week by week. Um, you know, like we've had two tough games. Obviously Connacht are going to be very tough. They're going to be trying to knock us over. So um, if we take our eye off the ball at all then we're kind of putting ourselves, you know, putting a handbrake on ourselves in a way. We need to kind of keep focused on that game. So week by week, really. Delighted. Um, it was a real physical battle. I kind of haven't come down from the adrenaline yet, to be honest. Also not feeling all the soreness of my body. But, you know, we took it in 10-minute blocks. It was kind of a next job thing. You know, there was a knock on. What's our next focus? So it was just a continuous looking forward, having each other's backs, whether it be a mistake or something good that happened. So just so proud of the entire team and how everyone showed up. There was real heart there. There was work rate. It was tough. Um, There's going to be some broken bodies. But, you know, we beat Leinster at home. You can't beat that feeling. Good, yeah. The series isn't over. Connacht are to be respected too. You know, they're a tough team from the West. Like, they're going to put up a fight as well. So, we're going to enjoy this for what it is. Um, and then refocus Monday, recover, get back, get what we want sorted for, like, team shape, etc. for the weekend and focus on the Connacht match. Oh, yeah, you could, you know, you couldn't hear yourself at some at stages because of the monster crowd and, like, to know your parents are up there and you know uh, your home club etc it just means so much um you know it's seldom that you get to play at home for a monster against Leinster and it means so much to get the win and to have everyone you love there so yeah massive day you mentioned obviously the soreness of the body those hits weren't exactly the the softest especially uh, when you were trying to, to keep Leinster at bay is that I suppose part of the coaching plan you know physical heart hitting style of rugby yeah, that's rugby. We're not gonna be, uh, we're not soft. You know, it's it's gonna be in your face, big tackles. Um, so yeah, that's what it was. It's um hard hitting. It's tough. It's phase after phase. Um, I suppose it's everything that wants to rugby embodies. Has it been tough for you? I suppose with the the quick turnaround from the AIL season, going into a final with Black Rock, now coming into the Interpros, after the Interpros, looking at a potential Ireland call up and going into that as well. Does it get fairly tough on the body? with all, I suppose, all the different games, different trainings, and I suppose a little time frame of, of rest in between? Yeah, um, you know, it's we're trying to emulate the men's game and get to that professional level. So that means games week in, week out. That means recovering. That means having what we need to recover, what we need to train well, strengthening programs. It's all a process of getting to that level. So I think people are adapting well. <clears throat> you know, some people were sick over Christmas. Some people didn't train for one session to manage their load. It's all about monitoring it all. And there's people in the teams who work hard to make sure that the players are 100% come match day. And that's what's happened today, clearly. So uh, some interesting thoughts there from Dorothy Wall as well, uh, after listening to, to Mike's story post-game. Uh, Germans, big decisions uh, ahead of the weekend. Connacht, of course, uh, the venue for, for the last round for Munster. 
They really only need to, to pick up a bonus point here to secure the title, but they'll want to do this in style, right? Yeah, I know they they'll want to, to to do the clean sweep, you know, make make the the three wins from three. I suppose from from asking Mike on the in the the post matches, asking about about injuries and stuff. I suppose will they want to um, maybe give a couple of players who were on maybe the fringes of the panel uh, a, a chance to shine against Connacht? I suppose look, it'll depend on how, what way the game is going for them. But as you see, like they you know they have that five point swing to the top of the table. They are looking impressive. Um, I'm sure Leinster will leave Queens on on Saturday with the points against Ulster. It looks like they, you know, Ulster haven't had the the best season so far. Leinster are looking dangerous. They, they, you know, they cause Munster plenty of threat, and you know, only for that late try from Stephanie Carroll could have been a different story. We, you know, Munster managed to get it out at the end of the day, but you know, they'll they'll be expecting the win. Connacht against Ulster at the game uh, on Saturday as well was the, the second game of the day. That game was also fairly hotly contested, and and Connacht look they look strong in that game. They will want to, you know, they, they'll want to come out and, and at home soil and and get the win over Munster. It's their only home game of the season, so you know they'll want to leave leave the sports ground with a win on on Saturday. But look, it's it's going to be it's going to be a, a definitely a tough dogged game, and Munster will definitely want to do it. But they'll know that Leinster are waiting there to, to pick up the scraps, and Leinster will know by the time they kick off in Queens whether they're in with a chance of it or not. You'd have to go for Munster, I suppose. The, the ball's kind of in their court and, you know, you expect them to get at least one point. You'd probably expect them to win, to be fair. Uh, just on Leinster, I think Dan O'Brien, the number 10, has been exceptional. She's been exceptional this season in the AIL with Old Belvedere, but she's also been exceptional in the Interpros. Aoife Dalton as well, number 13, brilliant player. Like, these are all kind of girls that will be pushing for that Ireland place uh, come the Six Nations. And I think the Interpros has been great. The fact that it's been on TV, we've been able to see the talent coming through uh, because everyone was bitterly disappointed when Ireland didn't qualify for the World Cup um, last season. But I think now we can see that there's a lot of young talent coming through in all the provinces and we can really build forward for the future. Yeah, you know, watching the likes of Alexa Dana there at the the weekend, like she's, she's a phenomenal player. She's absolutely phenomenal kicker, and I suppose it's it's there. Watch the game. It's like you know you've Nicole Cronin at one side, you've Dan O'Brien at one side, you've the young the youngster against the more experienced head, the person who's probably going to be picked at number ten in the Six Nations squad. We'll we'll, we'll learn that at a later stage um, this year on on who does get the call up. But no, I I agree with you there. Like a lot of these girls we've seen would have seen in the AIL uh, as well this year, and it's great that the AIL is producing players that now get to go on to provincials. They get their day as the provincial player and will be able to put their hands up for Ireland selection. Absolutely. I suppose while we have you, Jeremy, let's talk a little bit about the schools game in recent weeks. I suppose the three of us will all be featuring and covering our own provinces. I've been lucky enough to be at three of the Connacht schools games. Of course, three more scheduled for tomorrow. We'll have to see what the weather is like at the moment. Uh, we'll build check to see them. All games still going ahead at the moment. All more or less the same time, 12.30, 1 o'clock, uh, Marist travel to Craig's to take on CBS Roscommon. Muradex hosts Garbally College. Uh, both teams, of course, beaten last week. It's a do or die for them if they want to hope of a semi-final spot. While the Jazz host Summerhill, both teams winning last week. Uh, they can confirm a semi-final spot in that group uh, should they come through that. Uh, Jeremy, uh, I know Kieran Leinster stuff you'll be covering for us um, in Energy Park and hopefully the RDS later in the, the spring as well. Hasn't quite started yet. But Jeremy, you've been busy. Um, games last week, another set of quarterfinals next week. Uh, your thoughts on the Munster competition so far? 
Yeah, we've I suppose with the way the Munster competition works, it's a bit there's a lot of detail that goes on with it in terms of the way that the, the schedule goes. So we only had the first round of games there earlier on in the week on Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, both games definitely uh, action-packed and dramatic in terms of the finish. Both games being decided by a last-minute. But one game was decided by a last-minute score, the other by uh, by one of them actually missing. But I suppose the first game we'll be talking, we banned against Castle Troy. And, uh, with the way that the seeding worked, Bandon actually had to go into the first round to then be put into the quarterfinal placement and semifinal placement and the way that it works with that. Um, and for a lot of the game, it looked like they mightn't have got over the line against the Castle Troy team, but Castle Troy, to their credit, were were fighting tooth and nail for it. And uh, Bandon worked their scores. Peter Simmington, their fly half, was in phenomenal form throughout the day kicked a lay penalty and I was thinking, all right, here we go. And then Robert McConkey stepped up just inside, or I mean, it was just outside the, uh, the band in 22 last kick of the game. And it just goes wide. And you can tell that the Castle Troy players are just, they're just devastated on the field. And having just scored a try about three or four minutes earlier, that looked like it was the winning score. You just thought it was going to be their day. They were going to get their day in the, in the limelight, but unfortunately for them, they didn't get it. Fast forward to the next day and Glenstall Abbey get a try in what looked to be the 70th minute. Now, our, our clock wasn't wasn't stopped in, in UL, but there was a couple of injuries um, going on through the game and they get the late try. Then <laughs> Bantry go up the other end. They have a chance at a penalty. Uh, I have to give a shout out to, to Dylan Hicks, who's the fly half for 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 Bantry he's been someone who's been on the radar in the Munster Academy he's very definitely a player that we can uh, anticipate will probably end up getting a Munster call-up or will be a player in the AIL in the next the next 10-year future he was having a phenomenal day for the tee and in an absolute adverse weather conditions to say the least the, the post inside in UL were uh were doing some fair moving on the day but they had the chance to draw it late on opted to to go for the scrum and then a couple of minutes later, it's just one of those it's one of those blink and you miss it tries, to be honest. But it was Kieran O'Sullivan, he just has the ball, they're given the penalty, takes a little kick and go, gets over, and then the entire Bantry team is on the field. Um Hicks is trying to get the ball to take the conversion. His entire teammates are around him. They're like, Oh, sod the conversion, the game's over, like we've won, we're after uh, after securing it and, and now we go on to the second round you can see the fixtures there on your screen and just for someone who might know the way that the Munster Senior Cup works so when you see quarterfinal eliminators and semi-final eliminators so the likes of the big game in two weeks time which is in Musgrave Park would be the, the, the Cork Derby between Presentation Brothers and Christian Brothers so whoever wins that game is automatically put into the semi-final Whoever loses that game will then go on and face one of the winners in the re- the respective quarterfinal eliminators. So even if you lose the semifinal, you still have a chance in the cup. But will, it, but it, that's kind of the way that the um, that the seeding has worked at the moment. So the winners of the Rockwell game against Bantry will go on and they will face the losers of Presentation Brothers, Christian Brothers, and then in the other game, it's it's vice versa. So the likes of a St. Munchens and Art School Re have a great chance of getting into the semi-final, whereas last year's winners are in Crescent College. They have to go through and face Bandon in a quarterfinal eliminator with the way the seeding has worked. So it's great for, for some schools, but other schools will have to obviously uh, 
have a, have a much tougher route to it. But the the action has been fairly action packed so far. Um, with a couple of games, we'll have four games uh, next week. So definitely some more uh, some more uh, dramatic days uh, yet to come with some couple of last minute scores. You mentioned yeah. picks there, and I suppose I always, I always when I'm watching schools, I always think uh, who's catching my eye, who's the next up and coming talent. So who else is have you looked at and went? They could have an exciting future. I suppose there's a couple of what we've seen in, in games. I suppose I've only seen just the two uh, two games so far. Um, in the likes of watching Bandon and Castle Troy, it was hard to, to pick, um, I suppose, a standout for that game. I would I'll have to call Simington one of the players that I was saying from the fly half perspective that he could just step up and just kick it over from any distance. It wasn't really phasing him. Um Caelan Hart, their winger, was explosive as well as was Connor Ryan. Um, so they're going to be looking looking progressive. Um, Dylan Hicks for Bantry was impressive for them as well. And uh, unfortunately for the the, the captain of, of of Bantry, um, on the day he's uh, his run was kind of ended by a by a line out <laughs> movement that saw him ended up on his ankle. So unfortunately for him, uh, Fionn Barry. Hopefully he'll be back in action now for for next week. You know he did go off. Um, he was limping when he when he left the field, so it's it's tough on on players where they might get one or two games in the cup and to see, you know, a player go off early. But he's, you know, he was he was looking very impressive in that in that uh, in their early moves and the likes of um, Killian Brennan at fullback was a good kicker for Glenn Stahl and Harry Gleason as well. But you know it's going to be. I think that's where these guys are they're leaving school now it's kind of what's going to be next to them are they going into college or will they be focusing on trying to break into a couple of AIL teams it's going to be interesting what I suppose career path are are they going to have maybe an extra year in school depending on on age yeah and I think we talked about some of the, the stars coming out of the Connacht game as well uh, last week on last week's show two games obviously played before we went out on air last Wednesday night but there was one game the holders going for three in a row Slime Grammar School uh, they had a good, solid victory over CBS Roscommon on Thursday. But to be honest, they didn't have it all their own way. And in fact, they were 12, 12 and up at half time against the wind. And I think everybody there would have expected them to push on in the, with the wind in the second half. It didn't happen. CBS really put up a really, really impressive performance. Um, here's the, the group tables as they stand at the moment. Of course, CBS, uh, they're fighting for their life tomorrow. They play Marist College at uh, Two teams from that group in pool two there go through to the semi-final. So that's a straight shootout between them. Uh, how important will that losing bonus point be from CBS or Scotland? They knew it themselves. They kicked the ball out of touch, uh, but five, ten yards off their own line um, in injury time. They could have rescued a draw, but they knew how important that bonus point could be. Um, I don't think grammar will um, be as kind of off the boil in uh, a week's time when they face Marist uh, and whether Maris can beat them or not, they're very, very even, uh, evenly matched. But in the other group, um, tomorrow, see Summerhill and Gloucester Ignorge of the Jazz. They will face off tomorrow in Galway, while Garbley and Muradex will play in Ballina tomorrow. Of course, CBS was coming at home in Craig's fabulous facility down there but uh, for me there was some really really impressive uh, players um for for the grammar school as well i think that uh, o'connell scored two tries but to be fair there were team tries that he happened to be at the end of but he finished them really really well um they're they're up and coming out half mark tempany has a uh, really set the the i suppose tongues wagon here in in connect as well in terms of his performance still only a uh, very very young first year playing um 
at this level with the, with the school, uh, Jordan Murtha coming through, uh, up and coming, and uh, really good talent there as well. So plenty of, 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 of really, really impressive performances. But for me, most <laughs> impressive performances actually came on the other side um, for Marist College, or not Marist, for uh, CBS. Um, and a lot of lads, two centres, uh, name skips me right now, but I think it's Jack Donnelly and Jack, oh, I can't remember, the, the two Jacks anyway at, at centre very very impressive jack fleming uh aaron mcateer um didn't really get that much involved in the game he was playing on the wing but he caught one ball that he had no right to catch uh the conditions were terrible the wind was terrible the long passes were a little bit unpredictable because of that and one ball got caught by the by the wind he had gone past it and he just he can't see me now as a move but he reached down to his ankles behind him with one hand and just pulled it back into possession. He had absolutely no right to, to retain possession, but it was just a little bit special. And I think that for me was probably the moment of the game. We talked about it enough on the commentary of the game, but uh, but yeah, um, I think the school's game is going to be exciting. Can't wait for Ulster and Leinster to join the party in the next couple of weeks. Of course, here on Final Whistle, I know the three of us are going to be heavily involved in all of that and uh, and, and uh, talking about all of that. And Kieran, yourself, uh, any expectations going into the Leinster Senior Cup, um, I know Black Rock are there, thereabouts, but as we're seeing, Garbley have won one every second, well, 48 in, in out of 100 or so uh, Senior Cups west of the Shannon. Black Rock have done even a bigger percentage in Leinster. Uh, can anyone beat them? Uh, I think, you know, they are favourites. I think they dominated last year, to be honest, from first round to the final. And, you know, now if you look at the Ireland under-20s team that was announced today, Gus McCarthy is the captain. He was the captain of Blackrock College last last year, obviously, when they uh, won the Cup. And then you've got Paddy McCarthy, who was in the front row for them also. So you can see that talent's coming through. And that it's the same with Michaels and Blackrock every year. They always have talent coming through. But uh, Newbridge will be very good this year, I think. Um, that Junior Cup winning team of two years ago, a lot of them will be involved in the senior team this season. I think they'll start to come good this year. And maybe if they don't hit it this year, they could very well hit it next season. So it's very much a two-year a two-year project there. And Prez Bray have a really, really good team. The only thing is they got Black Rock in the first round. So it's probably the best group of six years they've had in a long time. And they got they were so unlucky with the draw. But that's just the way it is. Um uh, they were really good last they had a really good team last year, but they just didn't perform. So Maybe the big game against Black Rock, they might turn up. Who knows? We could have a shock in our hands. But yeah, old uh, Belvedere College will be um, very good as well. Michael's Rock, as I said. And then you always get one team that surprises you a little bit. But yeah, Rock and Michael's are probably the two teams. And Gonzaga as well would have to be would have to be in the conversation there too. Yeah, interesting times ahead in schools rugby. But that's probably all we have time for. There's the Leinster Senior Cup fixtures. Uh, as we have them, of course, one or two spots still to be filled. The Vinnie Murray Cup uh, has to provide two players or two teams for that last 16 round with Leinster. But uh, plenty of schools rugby to be played over the coming weeks before we get to uh, provincial senior schools cup finals at mid-March or so traditionally uh, when those games will be played. And I think... Uh, depending on the weather we could see some postponements tomorrow here in in connect and um, it's the weather's not great down this part of the world but we'll see yeah uh, we know more tomorrow we will have live coverage of some of those games depending on the weather and cancellations as we go german thanks for joining us uh, and bringing us up to speed on everton women's interpros and uh, where are you for this weekend 
Uh, we'll look it up at the sports ground for that final title decider between Connacht and Munster. So we'll have uh, we'll have live coverage of that game. We'll have live coverage, obviously, of the um, of the Ulster Leinster decider then at half five as well that evening. But be interesting to see where uh, what's happening. I suppose they will have a, a helicopter ready in Galway in case uh, in case Connacht pull it out of the bag. So we'll have to see. Uh, we have to see come come about four o'clock on uh, on Saturday evening. What's the what's the crack with the, the title? I just get a really really fast car that's going to drive the whole way down. Jeremy, <laughs> thanks for joining us. Pleasure as always. No worries at all, lads. Jeremy Carney there talking to us about women's football and also the schools game that he's been covering down in Munster. Uh, Kieran, we really only have about ten minutes left to get through all five divisions of the AIL. We've won done, but let's just maybe fly through quickly. Um, any particular games or, or or talking points you want to talk about from whichever division? I'll let you kind of guide me as to where we're going to go from here. Um, in 2C, I suppose the big result was Ballina. They got a really, uh, really good victory. I think it was, I think it was 1918. 1918, yeah, yeah. Which Tullamore would have been strong favourites going into that, obviously, second in the league. So, you know, massive result for Ballina, considering they've been really struggling this season. Uh, in Stonians, I another ridiculous result against Doma. Like, they just look unstoppable, to be honest. And at this point, I'd say they're. Like they're gonna go up, but I say that anyway. But like, yeah. well, but look at look at the points difference: two hundred fifty-two <laughs> points difference in the positive. Uh, like, that's just unbelievable. That's winning the games by an average of twenty-five point two points per match. Like, yeah, no, it's that's just like, domination. Yeah, no, it's it's actually scary. Like, but you know, from their point of view, they're obviously loving their rugby there, and we spoke to them last week. But yeah, it's. Kind of, it's just Stonians doing their thing at the top, and then there's a bit of a race between kind of from second to sixth. Maybe there's a lot of teams still in that conversation for top four. And at this point, you'd be thinking like it is like when you're aiming where you're going to finish your aiming for second because you know first is kind of at this point maybe sewn up unless Stonians have some sort of weird explosion, but I don't see it coming. Can't see it happening myself either. And uh, where next are we going to head off to? Oops, uh, we well, we may as go to two B, I suppose. Okay, let's um, work our way up the up the table. And the big result there is forty four nil and Escorti's first win of the season. Massive for them, absolutely massive. Uh, not just the fact that they got the win, but the result itself, forty four nil. I think Galwegians beat them in the reverse fixture prior to Christmas, so nobody really saw that coming. Um, I think Belfast Harlequins had a surprising defeat as well to Malahide. I was surprised by that result. Greystones and Corinthians, the top two, looking very, very good this season. Greystones still unbeaten, but there's only three points between them and Corinthians at the top. I think, you know, it's it's another really interesting division. Like, will Sligo get um, brought into the relegation fight later on in the season? Maybe Wanderers haven't performed as well as I thought they were going to. So, like, I mean, a lot can still happen in that to be table yes live of course they're actually closer to the promotion spots there i'll get shot if i don't say that uh, the four points off the promotion playoffs uh seven points away from relegation so i still only said all, it the wine job i only i know you did i know you did but uh, yeah. still all, still all to play for in that particular uh division uh plenty of teams and the Galwegians, i suppose um will be smart after that defeat at the weekend they had a chance really to put a nail in and escort these coffin wasn't to be for them and a sporty uh, great result for them and it really does give them a lifeline of survival it's still an outside chance i think with the way that the competition is structured and where they'll pick up other points i'm not quite sure but you really have, also, 
A 44 nil win could like transform your season and it could light light the fire up you and you could really go on a run. So who nice. knows that that result could do lots of things for Enniscorthy. Division two A next uh, as we go up the grades. Um, any thoughts on any of these games here? Yeah. For me, the casual win against yeah. Blackrock. Yeah, the casual win against Blackrock was huge. Like look at the two of them in the table, only two points separating them. Queens at the top, but Blackrock and Cashel, massive win for Cashel. Baron Hall, very much in that top four conversation now too. Um, you know, like, yeah, I just think that Cashel result was probably the big one in 2A this weekend. Um, Queens are just doing their thing at the top, very much like last season. Um, yeah, that, like, 2A is, it's a, another competitive division, but they're all competitive, so. In terms of this division, there's a lot of high-scoring games where even the losing side had, had almost 30 points and picked up uh, tri-bonus points as well. Um, I know Queen's University was it was a big result. I can't remember off the top of my head which other game was was massive, but I think the Barn Hall game, 42-29 with UL Bowes, you probably would have expected them to win a bit more comfortably than that. And Queen's had had something similar in terms of the scoreline. I think it was 43-25 yeah, to Ballymena. Um, again, given the positions in the table for both teams, you would have probably expected uh, maybe the big score for the winning side, but not necessarily for the losing side. Yeah, but that could just be down to like towards the end of the game, the the other team get a bit careless in defence or and gaps start to appear. It could be a scenario that type. Of, I don't know because I I don't get to see a lot of these games, but that can be the case sometimes. You know, if you've built up a a big lead, maybe they take the foot off the gas and they let the teams back in a little bit. Um, but yeah, nobody's complaining when there's loads of tries, though. That's all I know. Well, maybe the defensive coaches, yeah. maybe the defensive coaches. Yeah. In terms of uh, Division 1A, we might as well finish with the top grade in the AIL. Um, some big, big wins here as well. I suppose Gary Owen looked to be dead and buried at this point 14 points with only eight games to go. It's, it's a big, big ask given how their season has gone. But um, some impressive results again. Ballon Hinch, good, solid performance in, in Belfield. Um, things are, are looking pretty good. Yeah, no, they're doing really well, to be fair, to be where they are. I couldn't have predicted that at the start of the season, even when they did beat Lansdowne in that first game. I didn't really know what... Because what, last season, remember, they were really struggling. And relegation could have been a problem if it was a two-team relegation like a normal season but uh it was only one team and it was ucc who went down on that occasion but yeah Banley Hinch doing really really well i suppose the big thing is lansdowne getting the 34 24 victory and they have a new coach now as well uh declan fassbender which is uh it'll be interesting to see what he can do in the second half of the season can he get them further up that table uh young munster are still very much in the fight for the top four i think trinity the thing about trinity is they like we were saying about try scoring, Trinity score so many tries and they get the try bonus points and they also get losing bonus points. But they actually haven't won a game since round six, but they're still in that top four. It's it's actually crazy. It's just the way they can score tries for fun. But this weekend they play Terranure and that is a huge game, I think, like a really big game. And then also in that top four, Clontarf host Corcon, another huge game. And then in the same respect, further down the table, Lansdowne versus UCD is a big game in terms of that relegation battle. So there's big games happening kind of all around. 
for me, the Shannon Munster game, I think, is going to be a, a, an important one. That local derby, a bit of Limerick pride coming in, and it could be the one that possibly gives Shannon a little bit of breathing space uh, maybe in that relegation discussion. Uh, you talked about Trinity not quite closing games out. They almost picked up a draw, uh, coming back so late to level matters, only to be ripped away from them by Cork Con at the weekend. Yeah, but they've done that every game they've played since round five against Clontarf. So they lost at the very end against Clontarf. In round six, they had a bit of a lead against Shannon, so it didn't really matter. But Shannon scored two tries at the end of the game, I think, to um, kind of make the gap smaller. And then they lost in the last play against Young Munster. They lost basically at the end against Terran Yor as well. They let Cork Con score to draw in round uh, nine. And then in round 10, Cork Con scored at the end to win. So I don't know what it is. They are good enough to beat these teams, but it's like, it's almost like they've got this thing in their head now, like a mental thing that come towards the end of the game. I don't know if they get a bit, if they get a bit nervous or a bit shaky or it's affected them a little bit. But the only thing, as I said, that's working in their favour, they are still accumulating points, be it losing bonus points, try bonus points. Like they're getting two points even if they lose, which is massive. And that's what's keeping them, them in the top four at the moment. But there's some huge games coming up for them. I think they've got Young Munster away after the Your game. And then they've got Shannon away. So they've got some really big games coming up. And personally, I'd love for them to make the top four because besides Your, they play the most exciting rugby, like the way they throw it around, the likes of Ronan Quinn, James Dillon, Gavin Jones, Aaron Egan, who I think is one of the best tens in the AIL. Like the way they play is just is just great. But I think where they lack at the minute is up front physically. Sometimes teams edge them and kind of beat them up a little bit. And even with some lads gone off to the Ireland under twenties, Paddy McCarthy in particular, he won't be available for a good while now. And he'll be a big loss to them. So player availability is also a massive thing. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, a lot to be decided this weekend as, of course, we get ever closer closer to that final round of fixtures on the side who actually finishes where over the end of the season. Kieran, it's been a, a tight show. Uh, thank you so much to Chris Parker. It feels like yesterday nearly since he was with us at the top of the show. We've got through so much since. Uh, Chris, of course, from City of Armagh, the head coach there. Uh, best of luck to him at the weekend. I think it's nice they travel to at the weekend to try and get uh, another four points or five points even uh, on their hunt for that uh, 1B title later in the spring and uh, early summer. Uh, also to Jeremy, Carney, who joined us ahead of uh, or after a weekend of Interpro and uh, late women's action and the, the school stuff down in Munster, uh, we'll be catching up with him again after the quarterfinals slash semifinals eliminators, progressors. We're not quite sure. It's all a bit it strange. Always confusing it for me. Um, I didn't, I didn't yeah, it, it, it's, yeah, it's 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 confusing at the best times. But basically, if you yeah. win the semifinal one, you're into the semifinal. If you lose it, you're into a quarterfinal. So it's like a mock semifinal. Kind of. It's it's yeah. kind of a backdoor type yeah. thing. And it, but it, listen, they get it. It works. And yeah. it's going to throw up a lot of exciting rugby in the coming weeks. We have it all here on finalwhistle.ie, here on Wednesday night show, but also on the website through the week. Um, Kieran, it's been a pleasure as always. Thanks for joining me again. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. See you next week. Talk to you next week.